you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. A little bit different schedule than we normally have because of the uh, Monday night game for the Cowboys. So we usually have Friday game previews, but because of uh, we get the extra podcast day, we got something a little special for you today. Yeah, we're going to uh, talk about some of the young players on the Cowboys team. We're actually going to look back at the 2019 and 2020 draft uh, just to see how some of these players are performing in the first five games of the season. Um, And let's actually, Landon, let's start with the 2019 draft because, um, frankly, there's a lot less to talk about, right? Uh, (laughs) No first-round pick. Amari Cooper was traded, uh, which we're very happy with that. But the rest of that class, ma'am, not great. Uh, let's start with Tristan Hill, uh, who unfortunately um, tore his ACL in the team's Week Five game against the Giants. Uh, now that we're you know two years into Tristan Hill's career with the Cowboys, halfway through the rookie contract, what do you think about the pick, and how do you think he's performed? It's it's funny because I think we could you know we could pull back a little bit if you wanted to and kind of discuss how it feels like all of our opinions on the 2019 class have like flipped since last year. Right. Yeah, Cause like, yeah. cause you know, Tristan Hill was basically a, a forgotten man on this defense last year. It was, it was inactive for several games, uh, basically made zero impact. And there was lots of questions, uh, as to how he would bounce back in a different system that didn't necessarily, you know, uh, by you know, by the naked eye, seem to fit exactly what he does best. I mean, part of the the, the large uh, a, attraction to bringing him in here was that uh, Rod Marinelli really saw something special in him, and, and they seemed to have some kind of relationship going. So I think that going into the season, you know, Hill was the guy that you had kind of the most concerns about. You were excited about what you saw out of Tony Pollard, and I think everyone was just kind of generally, you know excited to see what Connor McGovern could be because they, they, they still everyone feels like that was a good pick and a steal of right, a pick when, right. when the Cowboys got him and now flash forward to where we are now Tristan Hill had before he injured himself and is unfortunately out for the year I thought Tristan Hill really really played well I mean considering I mean the, you know, putting in the context of of what we were expecting I thought he was the best defensive tackle on this team um, and I thought that he was certainly the most improved and the most improving week to week. So uh, I, I, I am disappointed that he got injured. And I think that that uh, kind of cut what looked to be a, a, 
I don't want to say a breakout season, but certainly a, a uh, getting a, his career back on track type sure, season, sure. right? Um, and I think that you look at the guys who you were excited about last year, like you know Connor McGovern and Tony Pollard. Hmm. You know Tony Pollard has. I mean, it's hard. It's been five games now, right? I mean, it's. We can say. We'll 20, get to him in a second. I, yeah, I, I wanted. To, I'm going to ask you about Tristan Hill though, because let's. Yeah, you know, we can focus on him if you want. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree that he was better this year than last year. He was at least uh, a somewhat reliable player uh, on that defensive line. But you know, we're going into year three now, going into 2021, coming off an injury. I still don't know what to really expect from him, right? Because if you even if you look at, I know we don't always love pro football focus grades, but he graded out very poorly there. In pass rush win rate, he graded out very poorly in the SBN stats. So, I mean, you almost have to think of him as just a backup player going into 2021 and not a, you know, not a starter though, right? You can't really rely on him at this point, correct? I mean, I don't know. I, I think that you know, no matter what, you need more defensive tackle help. And whether you know you're you're you know vying for a starter or vying for a, 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 another player that you com- competes to start, it doesn't really matter. I, I think I think that Tristan Hill could come back next year and certainly compete for a starting job, no matter who's out here. I mean, I, I think I, I he, think they'd be better off though having him be like a, a 1B option to a 1A, right? Well, well, basically yeah. what, they, what they were thinking this year with Gerald McCoy, right? Yeah, I think they that's sh- what they, they probably should plan to do. They shouldn't just like, yeah, I agree that they shouldn't just say, okay, Tristan Hill's our starter, We're you know, and then wipe our hands, we're done. No, I, yeah. I agree that they should definitely get someone in there for competition. I mean, beyond that, I mean, they need – like we're not we're not running out you know a, a starting uh, three tech and a, and a nose tackle and that's it. We need waves of guys just like we do at the end position. So uh, it just so happens that we can barely field a defensive tackle position right now. But I mean, if we're talking about planning for the future, I want three good defensive tackles at the very minimum. So yeah, I'm not like shying away from looking at the defensive tackle position. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. I'm I'm on board with trading a high draft pick for a defensive tackle. Like, I, I'm not trying to shy away from sure, putting more sure. bodies there. I just think that Tristan Hill is one of those guys who should be in the plans for the future. Maybe just not, you know, the guy that's preventing you from investing in the position. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' third-round pick, Connor McGovern, who they actually had a higher grade on than Tristan Hill. Uh, got hurt early in training camp last year. Uh, really hasn't found a role. I don't believe he's taken a snap yet in the NFL. He's only been active, I believe, for four games. Um, what do we think about Connor McGovern, Landon? He has taken a snap, and it was on uh, the uh, special teams kick, oh, <laughs> extra okay. point kick, one snap. Yeah, I think well, I think it's it, it's been a two or three, but yeah, no, certainly zero snaps as an offensive player yet. Um, you know, I, I think. Connor McGovern has certainly dealt with the injury bug and, and, and all that has come with it. And, you know, you throw in some terrible timing with the COVID situation, you know, it, it's not, and then a coaching change, it's, it's not been a, uh, a great uh, trip for, for Connor McGovern so far in the NFL, but I think he has talent. I think that he's starting to show that now. I think, they are starting to it sounds like more and more that he is starting to become more of their part of their plan it it does sound like that if something were to happen to Terrence Steele 
that they would more likely want to go with Zach Martin kicking out to right tackle and then maybe moving Connor McGovern into the lineup. So, you know, I think that they are starting to get a level of confidence in him that maybe they didn't have early in the season, but, you know, simply due to the fact that there's no tape on him in the NFL before the, the new coaching staff had a, you know, a shortened training camp and preseason to look at him. So there's just a level, a high level of unknown there for this, uh, for this coaching staff. And I think as the, as the weeks have gone on, as he's been in practice, uh, hopefully he's made more of an impression, but I mean, even you and I, like we're speaking essentially from, you know, peeking through keyholes because we're, we, we have neither of us have seen him play any snaps as a, as a, as an actual guard or center. Um, I mean, as far in, in the NFL. Uh, so we're, we're just, you know, you know, kind of projecting where his, uh, his development has been and, and, and just based on secondhand information. So it's really tough to know. Uh, but I, you know, you do have to feel for Connor McGovern because, you know, it wasn't just the injury; it was the injury, and then the coaching change staff, and then the uh, coaching staff change, and then the the preseason, the extorted preseason that he doesn't get an opportunity to kind of you know take those reps, and it, it was it's just been one thing after another with Connor McGovern, and you'd like to see him stay healthy and just get a you know uh, a couple of weeks worth of practices in a row uh, underneath his belt to see exactly where he falls in the competition of the offensive line depth. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You can't be anything but discouraged, though, right now, because sure. that's somebody who the Cowboys drafted fairly high and have some pretty big expectations for. But uh, remember, this current coaching staff did not draft him, so they're really not tied to him at all. Um, if he doesn't play any snaps this season, uh, I think we can be maybe a little bit pessimistic that he ever will make an impact for the Cowboys. So um, something to, to keep in mind. You mentioned T Terrence Steele, potentially the Cowboys moving Zach Martin over to right tackle. Uh, and you said that if something were to happen to Terrence Steele, why can't he just not play? He's just not good, Lennon. He's just not good. <laughs> you mean, you I mean, mean, why can't the thing that happens to Terrence Steele is that he gets benched? Is that what you're suggesting? Exactly. I'm not wishing ill on him because we need all the healthy bodies we can no. get from man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. Uh, and, and I mean, and Terrence is, is one of these players that we could talk about, so we can talk about it real quick. But I, I mean, I think, you know, for me, uh, they're tr he's he's a player that's got potential. I think he's got you know yeah, physical upside. Sure. I think he he can be a player. Uh, but right now he's just not there yet. His technique is not there yet, uh, and he's certainly a liability when he's out there. Uh, you know, more so than Brandon Knight. And and I think that that's probably going to be the, the case throughout the season. You know, I, I'm hoping for, you know, a, a, a steep improvement at some point. You know, as he starts to get more and more of these reps, maybe it clicks in his head uh, and the technique starts to fall into place a little bit more for him. But, you know, as of right now, uh, you know, he's really struggling with a very tough assignment for a undrafted free agent coming in as a starter at right tackle. I agree. Um, well, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about Bill Barr, and we'll come back and uh, talk about the, the rest of the 2020-19 class. Just wanted to tell you guys about Bill Barr. You guys know him, the best-tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN to get 20% off your first box at BuiltBar.com. 
All right, Landon, let's talk about the rest of this 2019 draft class. There's some hits, there's some misses. Uh, the guys that are no longer on the roster include Michael Jackson, Joe Jackson, Mike Weber, who I just saw is selling his Super Bowl ring. Um, with you know, he was won a Super wow. Bowl last year with Kansas City. Uh, he was only there for a couple weeks, so I understand it. Yeah, and Jalen Jelks. Uh, yeah, he gets some money out of it. It's yeah, whatever. Sure. Um, three players though, I do want to talk about from this class: Tony Pollard. Donovan Wilson, Brandon Knight. How about just a couple little lines on each of those guys? Well, I just will throw in that I don't think Michael Jackson was a complete bust. I think he's he's playing with the Patriots now. Yeah, he, and, I mean, I think he's been floating on some practice squads too. So he's not he's not a, a bust, not at all. Yeah, um, uh, Tony Pollard. Uh, you know, obviously Tony Pollard was the crown jewel of this class last year. I mean, you looked at what he did. He was he brought a lot of excitement. Uh, he, he, he flashed a ton. Uh, there was t- lots of talk about getting him more and more reps. Uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, lots of, of discussion about how are we going to be able to get Tony Pollard enough touches with, with Zeke on the field and still get his, his touches. And Tony Pollard has come out this season and just fell straight on his face. Well, I think part of it, I mean, if we just separate the, the kick returning from the running back stuff, I think we'd have a different opinion. I mean, not completely. Not he hasn't completely, because yeah, because he didn't start out great as a running back either. And, and but he's just been so it, bad on kickoffs. Yeah, so that's, he, that's the he biggest. He has problem. been especially bad on kickoffs. Let's say that for sure. Uh, but I, I think you know, it's you know, I thought no one's no one's writing him off. No one's get you know uh, saying that that he, he isn't uh, what we thought he was. I think we've got way too much evidence that he is a good player and that he's explosive and dangerous with the football in his hand. So I, I I imagine that that will find a way to even itself out to a large degree. But I would say that it's just it's just kind of funny, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how else to put it. Like that that we had such high expectations uh, for him to be such uh, a you know, dynamic, explosive playmaker with the ball in his hands. And it seems like early on in the season, every single, th- I mean, it's gotten better this last game, especially, you know, he, he made yeah, some he's plays a few plays. It just but, hasn't been as consistent. But yeah. The first four games, it was like every time he touched the ball, it was, it was a disaster. Almost. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it, I, I, I definitely expect him to, uh, to even it out and, and get can back I, to can I come to his defense a little bit? The yeah, touches sure, have absolutely. actually, the touches have actually come down since, last year like he had more touches in the first three games last year than he's had in the first five games this season so i think part of that is game script right because remember yeah, the well, cowboys zeke started too, off three right wasn't yeah, that well, also because zeke, yeah zeke well zeke remember zeke came in late yeah yeah absolutely but also i mean game script right the cowboys sure. were dominating the first three games of the season last year and this year they've been behind so it's been hard to get him consistent touches and i think that's made a little bit of an impact so uh, again, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad player. I no, just don't think no, he's no. got it into rhythm yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I, I, I'm excited about Tony Pollard still. Right. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Donovan Wilson. It took a little bit for him to finally get on the field, but we're starting to see him uh, at least get some playing time. I know it, it hasn't always been great, but for a six round pick at safety to even make the active roster in back to back seasons and then to contribute at all in defense has to be considered a win. Correct. Absolutely, and I think he's been a pretty decent special teams player as well, and, and I think that's important. Uh, and I think that, you know, I, I think he has uh, some room to develop. I mean, I, I, I think he's a, a big kind of boom and boomer bust player at the position, and, you know, he's being thrown into the fire a little bit and, and, and kind of given the reps that maybe he should have given been given a little bit more in training camp. But, but I think that 
you know, it, as he develops here, I, I'm hoping to see improvement. I'm hoping to see kind of just a little bit of a floor raising because I think just the kind of wild up and down play has got to stop for sure. But at the same time, this defensive backfield needs a player like Donovan Wilson that can be kind of a catalyst and, and, and can be a, a big hitter, can make tackles, uh, can, you know, can be a, a physical presence in your secondary because right now they, they don't really have that guy, right? I mean, yeah. I think Xavier yeah. Woods tries to, to be physical at times, but he's he, not an enforcer. It's just not what he is. Yeah. And he's still struggling to kind of fully, I mean, he's gotten better, so much better at tackling than last year, but still he's not the reliable, you know, full-time bring the, bring the big back to the ground tackler that I think Donovan Wilson can be with his length and, and his uh, yeah. athletic ability. Yeah. Uh, Wilson's somebody who probably really missed out on not having a preseason because he's a guy that I'm sure would have played a ton. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit out of his element right now as a starting safety. I think ideally you want him as a third safety that, that you rotate in depending on the, you know, the package. But, uh, the fact that he is getting some experience is a a good thing long-term for the Cowboys. Uh, last one, and we need to make this one quick as we got to get to the 2020 draft, but Brandon Knight, uh, that was somebody the Cowboys signed as an undrafted free agent last year. Uh, we saw him against the Jets, and he performed okay. Uh, we were thinking, you know, maybe he would be the team's fourth tackle this year behind Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Cam Irving. All of a sudden, now he's the team's starting left tackle. He started a game at right tackle. Uh, this has got to be a massive, massive win for the Cowboys to have this guy on your team. I know it hasn't always been great, but he's serviceable. And to get that from an undrafted free agent tackle is pretty impressive, right? Yeah, we don't need to do too much about Knight because we talked about him a ton already. But yes, I mean, I think incredibly impressive. Uh, obviously, attitude has been a lot of it because he came in here and worked hard mm-hmm. uh, and, and and grinded that, that first year of training camp. Really, really showed a lot of... of, of, uh, of you know, grit and, and kind of determination to make this team got into the game last year at different points and, and, and didn't embarrass himself uh, and then kind of continued to get better when he showed up and was put out there on the field uh, when he probably should have been put out there earlier instead of Terrence Steele. Sure. Uh, he again performed and they moved him to left to tackle when, when Smith got hurt. He, sh- he showed up there. Uh, you know, I think he his Giants game was, was the worst game that he's played so far. But, I you know, you're, everyone's allowed a bad game. But I think overall the arrow is pointing up for Brandon Knight. And, yeah, what an incredible find for the Cowboys to be able to get a guy who can give Absolutely. you average tackle starter snaps, or if, if not slightly below that, uh, and, and, and for a guy that you got as an undrafted free agent. Ideally, the Cowboys are hoping that Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins return to full health next year, and then you'd have one of the best swing tackles in the league with a bunch of experience uh, who is still young and on a rookie contract in Brandon Knight. So assuming he can improve over the next 10-11 you know, games, uh, get his feet wet at left tackle, I think the Cowboys have uh, just a, a really solid offensive lineman here. So great job by that Cowboys scouting staff. Uh, to find Brandon Knight. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the 2020 draft class for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Landon. Um, first up is CeeDee Lamb. I don't think we need to spend too much time on him. Through five games, 29 receptions, 433 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he's on pace to you know have about 1,400 total yards in the season. Uh, I think you can make a pretty good case that he's been the best rookie receiver this year. Any real quick thoughts on Lamb before we move on? 
He good. He's good. There you go. That's exactly what we needed to hear, right? <laughs> I think I think he is um, living up to the expectations, and yeah. I think he's going to be even. I think he's even surpassing them some. Yep. Uh, what What's fascinating is uh, he's already had ten plays this year of twenty or more yards. Wow. He's only broken one tackle, and if you've seen his college tape at all, that's something that he was really good at. Uh, you know, at Oklahoma. So I think in time, once he starts breaking tackles and making more plays after the catch, you're going to see just an absolutely dominant star player in the NFL. So uh, a lot to be excited about with C.D. Lamb. Uh, transitioning over to Trevon Diggs, man, he's been close to making a ton of plays, but unfortunately he's just he, a little bit like young Chidobe right? Always right there, ready to make the play, and he always gets beat by a great throw or a great catch. But what have you seen through Diggs, you know, through five starts in his NFL career? Uh, you know, tough situation to be put into, especially, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Chidobe, especially with Chidobe getting injured and also Anthony Brown. Suddenly now Trayvon Diggs is alone. You know, opposite mm. of of Daryl Worley, and you know, uh, uh, an ailing Jordan Lewis, who who finally eventually came back. I think, you know, it was a difficult, difficult thing to ask Trayvon Diggs to come in and start as a rookie. Especially again, not to harp on it, but especially in a COVID shortened preseason, for all those reasons, I think that it was very difficult for them to figure out a way to kind of protect him a little bit and he's taking his lumps, but I think that he's played pretty well. He's obviously, you know, given up a lot of yards, but this, I mean, again, the expectations have to be taken into account here. I think, you know, he's, he's done an admiral job in hanging in there. He's made some plays as well as given up plays. We need to, it's like Donovan Wilson. We just, you kind of need to raise the floor. You just need to find yeah. a way to get yep. that go, going a little bit better. Uh, and, 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 and hope that while doing that, you're not losing some of the big plays, the past defenses, and that sort of thing. So uh, I think he's been good, but I also think that he's been thrown into an impossible situation. Yeah. And it's yeah. made him look very bad. I'm just hoping the confidence doesn't go away because the tools and the traits are fantastic, and you can see it, right? Again, once he gets just a half a second quicker and reading and diagnosing some of the things, these are going to turn into turnovers. So I, I just don't want that confidence to go away if he continues to have some rough outings. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Neville Gallimore, the team's third-round pick. Um I think the Cowboys were ideally hoping that he wouldn't be forced into action, that he would be buried on the depth chart behind guys like Gerald McCoy and Tristan Hill and even some of these other defensive tackles like Don Terry Poe and Antoine Woods. But now it looks like he's going to be getting his first career start against Arizona. Man, it's been ugly a lot of times, Landon. He, I don't. I just don't think he's ready to play, but the Cowboys don't have any choices. Uh, what have you seen from Gallimore so far? Yeah, it's it's been ugly, and I and I think that frankly, it, imagine what would happen if Tristan Hill had to play on a regular basis last year, and I think that's yeah. that's kind of what we're seeing here is that unfortunately this year Neville Gallimore didn't get the uh, the uh, opportunity to sit and watch mm -hmm. the way Tristan Hill did because of the depth and the situation that's happening at defensive tackle, so he's getting thrown out there way 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 more often, and frankly, I, I don't even know how to say way more often because I mean he just shouldn't be on the field at this point. Um, so I, no, I, I, no. I I think he's getting turned, he's getting moved, uh, he's taken his lumps to say the least, and right now he's playing with kind of 
sloppy technique, which is making his game even more difficult to kind of translate. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it would help. It would help a little bit of the if the one technique next to him could do anything against double teams, but. It, it would nope. help some, but honestly, I don't know if it would help a lot because no. I mean the truth is is that he's getting, he's you know he's taking himself out of the play. You yeah, know? I but, mean but, that's that's if you watch this film at Oklahoma, that's what he did at, all the time there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just he's a he's a definite. He definitely has the physicality and and the uh, mentality and the uh, athleticism to play the position, but his technique is so bad right now. It's so negative, and it's not his fault necessarily. He's like I said, he's young to playing football. And mm-hmm. on top of that, he's young. He went to Oklahoma, where they teach all kinds of crazy techniques that he's yeah. gonna have to unlearn. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 he, he's a project, and I think that I, I believe in him, and I believe I could see the the skill set. But the problem is, is that he, he should not be playing, and he's being thrown out there in in a, in a situation where he, you know, I think it's detrimental to his development. Yeah, and I can't imagine what it's gonna look like when he's gonna be asked to play 50, 60 snaps a game, like against yeah. Arizona this week, right? I, I mean, that's going to be, oof. I mean, you're just crossing your fingers that it's not awful, but I think we both have a pretty good feeling of how that's going to go. Um, let's talk about the, the team's fourth-round pick, Reggie Robinson, who they drafted as a cornerback, uh, have moved him to safety. He has not been active yet in a single game. We haven't seen him at all. Um, that is surprising to me considering, you know, just how bad the Cowboys' safeties have been and how bad their cornerback situation is. Or You know, does that tell us – that maybe Reggie Robinson is further away than we think? I mean, it must. I mean, I think that the, they clearly have decided that he is a safety. I mean, obviously, just based on the fact that if he had any cornerback in him, he would have played by now. Uh, you know, Savion Smith has played, you know, on, on, on corner. So, you know, they, they've, they've, they've put C.J. Goodwin out there, who I, I love as a special teams player, but, I mean, why isn't Reggie Robinson getting snaps before C.J. Goodwin? I think the answer is that they really do feel like he's more of a safety and they want him to transition there. So not much to say here. We haven't seen him yet, but I'm still excited about his future. Uh, another player that really needed the preseason to get caught up to the speed of the NFL. Coming from Tulsa to the NFL is quite a big jump. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the team's second fourth-round pick, Tyler Biotis, who they traded up for. Uh, again, the plan wasn't to have him start early in the season, but with all of their injuries and now with Joe Looney out for the foreseeable future, Biotish is the team starting center, it looks like, for the rest of the way. Some ups and some downs. We talked about him uh, on our All-22 show earlier this week. But through five games, what have you seen from Biotish? I thought Biotish has been good. I, I thought he's been, uh, you know, I would had hoped that you know, way, 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 way back when we started this and, and before – covid hit uh, i had hoped that he would have gotten an opportunity to actually take that starting spot in training camp uh and get given the snaps to actually have a competition now unfortunately because of the restricted nature of training camp and preseason he didn't really get that option so looney actually uh was uh, looney's injury was actually his entrance into the into mm. the starting position i don't expect that he's going to give that spot back uh or at least not you know by his play it seems like he, he's been playing very well he's had a couple snap issues a couple here and there one of which was actually Andy Dalton's fault yeah. uh, but but I think that you know as far as understanding what the job is under recognizing what is happening on the line 
uh, you know, maybe he's not he's not Travis Frederick where he understands coverages and understands the back end of the defense uh, as well as the front. But he's doing at the very least his part of the job of recognizing what is happening with the defensive line, attacking the blocking scheme, sorting things out, working very well in combination with Connor Williams and Zach Martin. Uh, you know, you see it when they do when they're in duo or in, in any kind of inside or outside zone. They're working very well together. They're you know help helping each other out. I've been very impressed with Tyler Biotish's uh, physical ability. I, I think you know I, again the one thing you look at for this season if you can't talk about you know playoffs or whatever, just developing these young kids, developing yep. the Tyler Biotish and Brandon Knight and and really just Connor Williams in, in some ways too is is I've seen start to really play a lot better football now that he's gotten comfortable with Tyler, Tyler Biotish next to him. So uh, yeah, I think all of these things are, are, you know, things to look forward to this for the rest of the season, no matter what the, the record is. Yeah. It would also be, it would also be interesting. Like if the Cowboys eventually do get out of playoff contention, do they sit Zach Mark Martin and make sure that he's healthy and get Connor McGovern some more snaps just to try to get, you know, some of these guys, some valuable snaps. Cause who knows if we're even going to have a preseason next year, right? Yep. The NFL might decide, Hey, we don't need preseason. It's too much injury risk. Uh, let's not do it. So um, I, back to Tyler Biotis. So I think at the very worst, he's been serviceable and for a fourth round pick, uh, you know, pick 146. I think that's uh, quite the steal. Um, Lane, I'm going to read you a, a list right now. And this is Pro Football Focus's top five edge rushers. And you oh tell boy. me if so, <laughs> you tell me if something stands out to you. TJ Watt, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Bradley and I, and Nick Bosa. Bradley Anything, and I. Any, any, any one of those names not fit in there? Well, Bradley, my yeah. guy. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> to be fair, Bradley and I has only played six snaps this year. Yes. But he's been good. He's get, he's gotten, uh, I think, two pressures now on six snaps. So, um Listen, he's a he's a project. He's a guy that the Cowboys are going to develop um, with Alden Smith, you know, on a one year deal with Randy Gregory's status always in question with Everson Griffin um, being on a one year deal. The Cowboys are fine just letting him sit, you know, waiting in the wings and maybe we'll see what we have uh, at this time next year. So uh, any or any uh, anything on an eye you'd like to bring up? Shout out to John Owning. That's there you that's, go. His, that's his guy, not mine. I, I shouldn't claim it, but yeah, I, I think I I want to see Bradley and I take more of Everson Griffin snaps. That's 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 my only comment. Yeah, I'm fine if we see anybody take more of Everson Griffin <laughs> snaps. To be honest, uh, let's talk about the Cowboys' last pick in the draft, Ben DiNucci. Uh, Landon, he's one snap away from being in the game. Kind of scary. That, that's an ugly snap that you're talking referring to. I uh, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, legit though. I mean, one one snap away from being in, and we're seeing our guy from James Madison play. But uh, we have we again, we have not seen him take a snap in the NFL. We have not seen him throw a pass in preseason. Even his rep, you know, stuff in training camp was limited. So nothing really to judge him on yet, right? No, no, don't. But don't insult my baby Romo. Uh, I think he's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, listen. Yeah, I, hopefully we don't see him uh, this year in, in a serious contest, or hopefully we do see him in a game where we're blowing somebody out and and he steps in to take some last minute snaps. But yeah, I, uh, hopefully we, he gets a year to develop. I I would love to see him continue to take this QB two job and, mm. and and just not have to relinquish that to Garrett Gilbert. Uh, but yeah, and then just let's see where he is in the training camp next year. Uh, I'm certainly not wishing uh, this because I know how bad it would be, but 
I don't know if Andy Dalton's going to be able to survive 10, 11 games behind this offensive line. I really don't. I mean, one of the things that Dak was really good at was being able to make plays inside the pocket and being able to shred, you know, move off of guys that are rushing him. And I don't know. I, I, I'm really worried about a 30-something-year-old Andy Dalton behind this porous offensive line. So, again, it would not be surprising to me at all if we see Ben DiNucci at some point during the season uh, start a couple games. Please, crossing my fingers that that doesn't happen uh, for the Cowboys and for Ben DiNucci's development and for Andy Dalton, uh, but don't be surprised if that happens. Last guy, Terrence Steele. We've kind of already talked about him, but again, he was put in a really bad situation, right? He was a guy, undrafted free agent from Texas Tech who needed a ton of work coming into the NFL, and that's why he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, all of a sudden, he finds himself into the starting lineup in week one, has started that at right tackle every single game. I mean, I think we both still like him as a long-term project, yeah. as a potentially a number four tackle, maybe even a swing tackle down yeah. the road, but... I mean, it's been rough. Yeah, this is the like I said, he got thrown into a bad situation. He shouldn't be out there starting. I think he has talent. Uh, I think he has a way to develop. I think he's got physical ability, but he's he's been thrown to the wolves. Uh, last, wait, real quick before we go, just because I don't, I want to make sure we didn't forget. I just want to mention him real quick. We got to talk about Francis Bernard. Oh we, yeah, well, you know, go ahead, Francis Bernard. Like I, I think this is a guy who should be getting more snaps. Uh, he, he flashed all throughout training camp. He played on a very, very legit defense in college where he was basically the the engine of the defense despite the fact that the defense was filled with NFL players. I mean, just go look at the Utah uh, roster sure. last year. It's absolutely ridiculous. So uh, I, I think that Francis Bernard has, has been great on special teams so far. You come in and seen him a couple snaps on, on defense. I think we should see more snaps of him on defense because I think he really has talent to, to play there. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you here a little bit. There's one other undrafted free agent that's on the Cowboys team that has played 12 snaps on either offense or defense so far. Sean Can McEwen? You, yeah, Sean McEwen. <laughs> uh, hasn't done anything yet as a receiver. Almost no. everything is as a blocker. But, hey, it's an it's a undrafted free agent tight end that not only made your team, but it's also playing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just good to get snaps out there. I like his p- potential long-term. Let's see if he can develop in, in a way that Dalton Schultz did. If the Cowboys had all their tight ends healthy and you have Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, Blake Bell, and Sean McEwen, that's not bad. That's it's really, really not all lineup. that bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's deep. It, it, maybe it's not super dynamic, but hey, I think Blake Jarwin, you know, when he's healthy is a pretty good tight end. And we're seeing Dalton Schultz be, again, serviceable at the very worst. So uh, not, not a bad tight end room with a lot of upside long term. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time. Enjoy week six. We'll be back here on Monday to preview the Cowboys game against the Cardinals.